Welcome to Last One to the Party, the podcast where we take a look at classic films, TV shows, songs, albums, and even performers as seen through the eyes of someone who's completely missed that until just now. Thanks again for joining us on the podcast. On this episode, we're going to be talking about Alice Doesn't Live Here Anymore, the Martin Scorsese movie starring Ellen Burstyn, Chris Christopherson, and Diane Ladd. Our guest this time around is once again Jessica Elena Eason. She is a writer on The Big Show Show on Netflix and also an actor in the upcoming Babysitter's Club, also on Netflix. So please take a look at those and enjoy that. We get into a discussion about her deep and abiding love for Scorsese and especially with De Niro. We talk a little bit about where this movie ranks in and amongst all of the other Scorsese great movies. Jessica makes some good comparisons to Boyhood, and we take a minor detour into the world of Scorsese's The Departed and also Woody Allen's Hannah and Her Sisters. My wife is a Martin Scorsese fan, a devotee. There's Scorsese movies that she loves and knows by heart, and so that stood out to me that she hadn't yet seen this one. He made Mean Streets, he made this one, then he made Taxi Driver. And my wife can recite Taxi Driver verbatim. And so we uh, pick up the interview from here. I mean, college, went to college. I had a Raging Bull original poster on my wall. I went to a musical theater college, and everybody was like, what is that poster? No one knew. Everyone was confused why I had it. And another famous Famous? story of yours is you storyboarded Taxi Driver I did, when you were yes. nine years old, ten years no, old. No, no, I was in high school, oh. probably a freshman or something. No, I storyboarded Raging Bull. Oh, okay. Yeah, I watched Taxi Driver first, and I didn't understand it because I was like a freshman in high school. It blew my mind, though. I was like, I love this movie. I was like, everything about this movie I love, I don't get it. It's the first time I ever saw a film where I was like, this is art. Like, I'm actually watching something that moves me in a way that I can't logically explain and I loved every second of it. And then, of course, I was like, "What's what else has this man made? And I went and got Raging Bull. And I loved it. And I storyboarded Raging Bull from top to finish. And my parents were um, scared confused. and confused. Because they were like, we were just watching Oklahoma. And now we're watching this. Yeah. I made my dad watch Raging Bull with me. And he fell asleep, I think, 10 minutes into it. And then you went, probably, I'm guessing you then went back. Backwards to Mean, to mean Yes, I did. Uh-huh. And, then, and then probably Goodfellas. Was, yeah. I'm trying to think what I'm skipping. I mean, I love New York, New York. I love uh, King of Comedy. In fact, the Sandra Bernhardt, she's a monologue in there where she has Jerry Lewis tied up. And I did that monologue for years for auditions. I love, I love that movie. And After Hours, we both love. I was just going to say, that's another Scorsese dark horse movie because he didn't write it. He just took the script and directed it. Kind of in a downtime during The Last Temptation of Christ. When he was struggling to get that made. Yeah. This was a movie he did just to do a movie, yeah. kind of. And Love it's, that movie. And it's maybe my favorite Scorsese movie. Yeah, I think it is your and favorite. It's, and it's way out of character for what most people think of for Scorsese. But, yes. But again, that's one that's off the beaten path yes. of Scorsese that you had seen. Because I think that was much well, better well-known. Alice doesn't live here anymore. People don't, I don't know, no one ever talks about that movie. It's, I remember being a young child. Uh, and watching the Oscars that year in 1974 and not really knowing what was what, but knowing that they kept showing these clips right. from Alice Doesn't Live Here Anymore. So that was right up there with whatever else was at that time, Conversation right. and Godfather 2 mm-hmm. and on and on and on. Unlike Godfather 2 and some of those other movies from that year, yeah. this one just sort of fell by the wayside. Yes. And so from the year that it came out to maybe another year or two after that, it was a movie that got talked about and was mm-hmm. revered, but it just sort of faded. 
So I, in some regards, I guess it's not surprising that you hadn't seen it. But for someone who is so enamored of Scorsese to not have at least, you know, yeah. taken a I shot at I was enamored of him and uh, De Niro, though. I liked the package. And he wasn't in that. So I was kind of like, oh. I also wasn't fully in my in my woman self yet. Coming up, I really identified with De Niro as Travis Bickle. Um, I love Raging Bull, um, but Travis Bickle. I just because I felt because I wasn't. I'm adopted. I'm an outsider. That anger. I was raised Catholic. There's so much Catholicism in all his movies, and it just all of that just rang true. So I just saw myself as the male characters, which I guess. All women have to, the right, the male gaze. And it wasn't until I, I mean, until I'm older, until now, that I'm like, fuck the male gaze. I want to watch women. I want to watch, I'm done with that. Um, I still love those movies, and I will watch them over and over again. Um, recently, I'm on this mom group, and people are saying, what are movies you could, like, quote? And everyone's naming a lot of fun movies and a lot of female-centric movies, which makes sense. And the movie one of them I could quote yes Taxi Driver I don't know why I didn't think of that was Goodfellas I also love upset love Goodfellas and a friend of ours wrote in I love you because she was like you're the only one here that's writing anything like that looking back now mm-hmm. when you're watching all of these movies that mm-hmm. are all coming out and they're all prim- primarily a, a male hero at the center of it yep. when you're watching these movies is your experience that you're translating it to I'm watching a man but if that was me as a woman this is what that experience would be or is it simply that you're just having to watch this other have this heroic journey or whatever it is yeah i think it's different for everyone obviously we're all different but for me i would just immediately translate it i think that's why i like them so much i think people that watch those movies and i totally understand and see it as an other you're not as invested because you're like well i don't like you immediately feel outside of it i'm um but i am an easy well, I'm an easy adapter because I'm adopted. It's part of a, uh, being adopted. You adapt. You either adapt or you spend your life mad. Yeah. Is it the kind of thing where you are imagining yourself yes. as Travis Biffle? Done. Yes. Gotcha. All okay. that anger. All the you know. Someday a real rain will come. Uh, you know, and wash, wash the real scum off the street. All that stuff. Yes. Okay. I identified with him. I did not identify with Sybil Shepherd. I did not. I mean, now when I watch the movie, I identify with Sybil Shepherd. But I think, you know, I just, I just, I was like, I like this guy. I like liked him. Not I don't best. know if Travis Bickle is who you want to like, but no. I, I was like, I get this guy. No one hears him. He's outside. Why won't they let him in? Which is, I think, my my thing in life. To my way of thinking, when I watch Taxi Driver, that's a movie that's about Albert Brooks's character. <laughs> I mean, you know, I quote him constantly with that movie. I also love him too. We are the people is not the same as we, was it? We are the we people. We are the people? Yeah. Isn't that right? Let's not fight. Let's not fight. Um, Brilliant. Before mm-hmm. seeing yeah. Alice Doesn't Live Here Anymore, yes. what was your exposure to this movie? What's the sum total of, of what you would have guessed this was about? Had you seen the TV show? Like, like any of that? What, yeah, I knew the that? TV show. Uh, it's so It's very vague. I knew the TV show was based on the movie. Um, I didn't expect the movie to be like a comedy, though. I know, th- I know the TV show was a comedy, so I didn't. I mean, it's based on it, but like obviously they took it and made it into a sitcom, so different vibe completely. I-, I didn't expect it to be like that, and I knew Ellen Burstyn was the star, and I knew she's a big star from that time. Still to this time, I love Ellen Burstyn, so that's really it. I was excited to see a female lead in a Scorsese film. Watching the movie now, my. My first thought while we were watching it was, I can't wait to ask you, mm-hmm. are you seeing 
tricks, things, or consistencies. Mm -hmm. Consistencies is a better term. Consistencies <laughs> that Scorsese has in his style of camera movement or yes. just general direction. Mm -hmm. What are some things that you noticed, if any, that were in play in, in Alice that were in Mean Streets right. or later than he also adapted in Taxi Driver or whatever? Yeah, he does a lot of, um, what are they called, tracking shots. They were in there, especially when she's singing and he goes around the bar. That's very him and really sold her on being a good singer, which we're supposed to kind of buy into. There are a couple other things where he, the camera would like pan across really quickly, which is very him. Yeah, it's so funny you say tricks. I think certain people would call it tricks if you don't enjoy him. But to me, it's storytelling. I think it's he's telling the story and that's his eye. And I enjoy it. So um, to me, it doesn't feel like tricks. And Alice doesn't live here anymore had a huge... Uh, rock score underneath it which is very Scorsese and um, but none of it was what you would typically assign to Scorsese no. all the way from Memphis usually you think the stones when you think yeah. Scorsese and there was no stones there's no stones Oh, uh, he had Elton John. Yes, yes. Elton John and T-Rex, and there was one other one. The Elton John was surprising because it's expensive music. I, and we both said he probably didn't have to pay for it that Yeah, time. this was before they had the Mean rules Because Mean Streets used all that music. He didn't have to pay for any of it. Yeah. And he uses the stones in Mean yeah. Streets. Having watched it, what's your, what's your take on it? How do you how mm. do you like it just as a movie unto itself? How do you place it now within all of the other Scorsese movies that you've seen? Yeah, I liked it. I, I for me the reason it doesn't hang on as much as it's it, it's a little slow. And again, I feel like people are like, oh, she doesn't like slow movies. I love the conversation, which probably is one of the slowest movies. I don't think it's slow. I think it's phenomenal. I could watch that movie and have over and over and over. I think it's genius, which is why I think when you brought up that just randomly the conversation, I'm like, well, if you love movies, you've seen that because it's brilliant. This isn't brilliant. It's um, it it doesn't age as well. It feels slow. It feels aged. I, I enjoyed part. I, I enjoyed it. I once was enough. You know what's so funny? At the end, I was like, I like this movie, and I think it was done. It's not the same, but I really enjoyed it when it was called Boyhood. Forty years later, when Linklater did it, because I love the mother son. Obviously, I'm a mother of two boys. Relationship and the hardness of that, and being a single mother, and then also carving out your life. And Boyhood is different, but it also has so much of her being this mom and failing. And winning and failing and winning and trying to be her own woman while being a mother. It's, But that movie killed me. I love that movie. So I wish there was more of the son, yeah. quite frankly. I wish the son had more where we got to see who the son, how he felt about things. He's left in her room for days and hours to do nothing but watch old TV, um, which is what Scorsese grew up watching, right? He was in his house all the time. He was sick for a long time. He watched so much TV. He talked about that all the time in his interviews and going to the movies. Oh, he's just using his life. I bet he picked all these TV shows. I mean, you know, things he watched. I wish there was more scenes where the they had more dialogue. I wish it was more about her and her son. I mean, it is about that, but they never really delve into They don't give them a good scene or a bunch of scenes where they're really just being honest with each other. How did you like the level to which the son was funny and a smartass? Yeah, I liked all back. of it. Yeah. I liked this type of smartass. Because he really, I mean, I guess maybe in this day and age, he doesn't feel like a smartass. <laughs> He right. was a smartass, but like comparatively to now, when you, if you shot something now with a, you know, it'd be a kid that was using all kinds of f bombs, and yeah. he's and, great though. Yeah, and I like I like everything it was about. I just wish the script. I think the script should have been sharpened. It didn't feel like a great script. 
to me. I think the performances were really great. I think I like his direction. Um, I just wish the script had her. I wish we knew more about her. I think she need to be. We need to delve into her a little deeper. That that's my big takeaway. I was struck by how ahead of its time it was in terms of showing her subjugated to the toxic masculinity, yes. the, the the aggressive masculinity of all of these men. Chris Christopherson at the end, the very least. Mm-hmm. Um, but her husband certainly was yes. impossible. Mm-hmm. And then Harvey Keitel doing his best to be a cowboy. Well, sometimes I thought I'd like to mimeograph a page that listed my age, where I went to school, my favorite color, my most embarrassing moment, and what I do for a living, all that type of stuff. Oh, he's, he's you are not, not from no. the Southwest. No. I There's love no Harvey way. Keitel, but he is not a versatile actor. He does Harvey Keitel. I, he's not southern. You, he's terrific. He, he's but terrific. He's just not southern. He needs to stay in his one or two lanes. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. That's felt more powerful to me and stood out to me mm. more than when I'd watched it the first time. I don't know, a decade and a half, two decades ago, something mm. like that. Whatever that was, of how she is just at the mercy when he has that scene where he busts into her. Yeah, her hotel room. Her hotel room and is threatens everybody with violence. Hits his. Wife, wife that he's cheating on he kicks with her. her out kicks her if you don't drag your ass out that door i'm going to cut you i'm going to cut your ass get out <gasps> all right okay now t what i'll go over jacobs to pick you up later when you get off for work all right all right okay i'll see you about about 1 30. all right sweetheart she does the only thing she can do, which is just pick up and run. Yes. Which is terrifying. It's terrifying. It's terrifying to do by yourself, let alone when you've got yes. a 12-year-old son with mm-hmm. you, just having to just drag him along and expose him to all of this. Oh, and it, it broke my heart. It sort of begs the question, possibly if you made that movie now, you would have scenes or, or a subplot about how she's raising him to not become them. Yeah, maybe so. What is she doing to prevent him from exhibiting yeah. that kind of behavior? It seems like he's kind of on his way already because he's expressing his anger through humor. Yeah. He doesn't get physically violent. No. He, he talks back and... Yeah, he doesn't like his father. He doesn't like the way that he no. talks to her and all that stuff. No, yeah. he doesn't like any of that. Yeah, the scene after he gets... Vi- when they're running out of the hotel yeah. and she's trying to close the suitcase was a great scene. <laughs> Please, close. let's see if that's closed. No! Oh, shit. I can't, I can't go on. I can't. I, wait, let's calm down. Let's calm down. I'm going to do this now, and I'm going to close it. All wait, right? you got something sticking out over here. We'll stick it in. All right. Oh, my poor Now, shoes. I am going to close it. I'll please give you a little wait. So you got it? That's it. Oh. I've got it. Let's go. And she's yeah. getting really upset and sad, and then she calms herself down. Yeah, like to you focus have to. On it, yeah, yeah, with yeah. your kid, because you're like, you gotta keep it together. You have a child with you. Yeah. What was your impression of uh, the Diane Ladd character of Love? <laughs> Everybody, listen. We got up here a new girl, and her name is Alice. And today is her first day on the job. And Mel here says that she was a singer. How about them apples? And everybody can see she's got big tits on her. But hands off, let the girl do her work. If there's gonna be any grab assing around here, grab mine, please. You look, but don't you touch. I liked Flo. I liked Diane Ladd. I thought she was great. I don't know if it translated as well that Ellen Burstyn was so put off by her, because she didn't seem so sassy that you would be put off by her. Mal, what you doing back there? Pulling on your pudding? Alice isn't um, 
who's Ellen Burstyn, I should say, the character Alice, you know, is raising her son to, I mean, she's raising him the best she can. She's doing a great job. I mean, it's not like she's, what's the word? Like, she's not so strict with him and don't say these things, you know. So to be right, so... he's kind of cussing a little bit. Yeah, and... so to be so offended by this grown woman was kind of funny to me. But um, I liked her and I loved all her sayings. All her southern sayings were great. Hey, what the hell's there? She went to shit in the hot bader! She's just grounded and she's a great actress. And I right away I feel like... Because they don't give them a lot of time to kind of bond as these two women, but then they do quickly... And I think it's on the strength of who they are as actresses because you buy it. Yeah. The scene in the bathroom. It's like, Diane Ladd is real good. Like, you're like, oh, yeah, I believe that they're... I also think as a woman, you do find people in your workspace that you're like, oh, let's bond. Like, it's us against this whole crew. And that's all... It's just showing, like, also, like, how she has to demean herself or, like, you know, show her boobs to get her tips and all these things. And her poor daughter is sick and, you know, why she has to do it all. Yeah. It's like always... I like that part. I liked like, the fact that you think these women are just, like... Well, they love being touched and their butts hit and their boobs out. And it's like she's doing it because she has to support her daughter that's sick. She's a mom, so. And there wasn't a lot of, certainly in the sitcom, there's, you know, no. Mel, Mel is given equal weight to. Yeah, yeah, the it's women. A, it's a four-part yes. sitcom, you know, yeah. maybe five counting the sun. And in the movie, Mel doesn't get a lot. But it felt like Mel was more on the enlightened side than not. It seemed like there were times when mm. he was, he would be loud and and blustery and, and boisterous but he also knew that he didn't have power over flow yeah there were times when he would just like would begging her to yes. please just please like don't do this to yeah. me yeah which i found uh, also very funny and and yeah and he was great too yeah. yeah yeah that that part my recollection of it when it came out was that that was like a big sort of explosive moment for diane ladd to have that part that part was sort of like mm-hmm. the the scene stealer of the whole Movie. movie yeah and i don't know if it felt that way to you now watching it having seen her in multitude of other yeah. things and so on and so forth no but i think that happens sometimes with supporting actress roles i'm kind of like she was great in it like i thought she was wonderful but maybe it's also hard because i know diane ladd so i expect her to be great it's not like oh introducing diane ladd which it might have been right. at the time right yeah but i thought she was great but I, you would think it'd be a more meaty performance to get all the you'd think she'd have another scene or something else yeah but. She's so wonderful. Yeah, I feel like that bathroom scene was the one that they showed on the yeah, Oscars that year. I'm sure. They got showed like three or four times. Right. I just remember there's this yeah. image of that blue bathroom and the two mm-hmm. of them talking. Yeah. It's kind of burned in my my memory yeah. of that. Yeah, that blue is beautiful yeah. too. So having seen this movie now, yeah. would you, if someone was to say like, what Scorsese movie should I see? Obviously, you're, I think you'd probably safely say Raging Bull, Taxi Driver, Goodfellas, mm-hmm. but say that person had already seen those, and they're like, mm-hmm. what else should I see? Would this be one that you would... No. Would it be in the top three of no. those second wave of... No. Would, where would you rank I it? I don't know. After it's... After Hours, oh, yeah, After Mean Streets, after... Yeah. Definitely after King of Comedy. Yeah. Even after some of the DiCaprio ones I like. Uh, came through The Aviator. Did he do the one with Nicholson? Rain is not working. Oh, yes, but that one's a little crazy. The Departed? Yeah, The Departed, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I still enjoy The Departed, and I love the love scene where they, was it uh, Van Morrison singing Comfortably Numb? Yeah. Fantastic. But it just ends like such a shit show with that rat. Yeah. <laughs> it's just so dumb. And Nicholson's so crazy. I mean, listen, you still love Nicholson because he can get away with being so crazy, but he's crazy. It's like, yeah. you know, Scorsese just let him do whatever the hell he wanted to do. Yeah. So this would not be one that would make the list of like no, recommends. No, I like moments. I like scenes of it, and I like, again, that it's a female lead. And I do like the stuff about her leaving her friend. I think it's so sad because the friend and her are so close. I wish you weren't going. There's room in the car. Want to come with us? Yeah, we 
just leave Ken and the kids flat? Wouldn't that be hysterical if you just got in the car now and drove off with this and they never saw you again? I can see their faces, huh? I wish I could. And then she makes that weird joke of you should leave everybody and walk out. Because I feel like a lot of it is they would walk. They want to walk out. This is women subjugated to, like, right, she wants to be the singer, but she gave everything up because she liked this guy. And because in her head, like most women at that time period, and unfortunately probably still, you think, oh, well, this is what happens. I want a man... And then, then the man takes care of me and I have no skills and I have no way of making money. And then when they leave you or die, what do you do? Oh, so we decided we wanted to go into show business from the movies, right? Why'd you leave? Well, I got married. And um, Donald wanted to live in his hometown, you know. And I wanted to go in singing, but he said, no wife of mine is going to sing in a saloon. And I said, yes, master. <laughs> I kind of like that. You liked it? Well, it was like, a, you know, it was... My idea of a man was strong and dominating, you know. And, <laughs> and 1974 is not... No. It's not that enlightened, I think. I think no. possibly at the time people felt like with the women's lib movement yeah. and this and that, that they were really making strides. But looking back, you can see how there was plenty of women who were still living in that sort of 50s, early 60s mindset. Yeah. Of, well, I got married and my husband said to stop singing, yeah. to stop working. That's and right. so I did. And you kind of accept that. As part that, of it, and you give up yourself for this. Yeah. Whereas man. if you were making this story now, if a if a woman said that, every character in the movie would have to look at her like she's crazy. Yeah. I guess depending where you are, a lot of people, a lot of white women voted for Trump. So. <laughs> True. So this is not a movie that would make it on your list of Scorsese movies, even as a as a curiosity. No, it would. It just wouldn't be probably. It wouldn't be near the. There's just others that would be in front of it. I still would be like at the. No, maybe lower, top 10 I don't know lower lower levels lower levels but so, I did enjoy it I'm glad I saw it and the big takeaways for you the things that stood out mm-hmm. was what that was she it? can't sing which I think was part of it too though I kind of liked if the, even though she got a job I was kind of like who would hire her but it's also the middle of nowhere so many people just hire people that don't have a lot of talent it made me think of another movie I adore which would be, uh, which I know, Woody Allen, but Hannah and her sisters, which I adore. That I, that's one of my favorite movies of all time. And Diane Weist in it auditions for a Broadway musical and sings. And I love Diane Weist. She cannot sing. And everyone's like, that was great. And I'm like, that was a, I auditioned for Broadway. So people are like, no. They would not be like, that was great. And it felt the same with this. Part of me was like, I wish she sang a little better, but I'm glad she wasn't like suddenly, you know, Beyonce and because then it's like well if she could sing that good she should be a huge star there it should be something where it's like she isn't that good I only bring that because I did love the scenes where she's singing at the bar and Scorsese is going around the bar I thought that was cinematically beautiful to look at but I did enjoy I'm glad I watched it and I love watching Ellen Burstyn so thanks once again for joining us if you'd like to follow Jessica Eason you can follow her at jessica.eason.agency on Instagram. It's a brand new reimagining of the world of the casting agency in this post-quarantine, post-pandemic world. You can follow the podcast on Twitter at last one to the party. You can follow us on Instagram at last one to the party podcast with a dot in between each of those words. And if you'd like, you can send us an email to last one to the party podcast at gmail.com.
Again, thank you for listening. We hope you join us on the next episode. 